it, try to sell it, never sell out of it. I probably only sell one. Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And it is Tuesday, November 14th. And a quick happy birthday to my dad, who turns 27 years old today. No, I'm just kidding. November 14th, though, my dad's birthday, and I actually was able to hang out with him on Sunday and um, watch the Commanders game with him, which was always fun. You know, we were season ticket holders for 17 years, and that was the first time we watched a game together in about two or three years. And, of course, like always, when we watch a Commanders game together, it ends up being really close, and then there's devastation and heartbreak as the Commanders lose to the Seattle Seahawks. And the NFL week wrapped up last night with Monday Night Football, and that's exactly where we begin here on the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. The Sports App. And we begin today in the NFL, recapping Monday Night Football. You know, we talked about this. It should have been an easy win for the Buffalo Bills, but I said don't sleep on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, who are on a two-game win streak. Well, they made that a three-game win streak with a victory last night, and uh, Russell Wilson was decent, you know, and they got off to a good start, and that kind of helped them uh, carry it into a victory. And so, look, really, really good win on Monday Night Football for the Broncos. And Russell Wilson didn't look great statistically, 193 yards and two touchdowns. But like Michael Phillips said, it feels like Russell has decided, hey, I can't be a pocket passer. I've got to run. I've got to scramble and make plays. And I thought he looked loose. I thought he looked like, hey, he's in really good shape. He was running around in the pocket. He ran it nine times for 30 yards, including a long 10-yard run. And the two touchdown passes helped Denver defeat the Buffalo Bills 24-22. to Here's the touchdown by Javante Williams that gave the Broncos a 21-15 lead. Now Wilson looks like he's checking here. Nope, it's a pass. He's got Javante wide open. Javante makes the catch. Washed into the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. So Buffalo would go after that in the fourth quarter. They would go six plays, 75 yards, and get into the end zone and take a 22-21 lead. But Russell Wilson got the ball back with a minute and 55 seconds on the clock. A short pass to Samaj P. Ryan. A pass to Cortland Sutton. Another pass to Samaj P. Ryan. And just like that, the Broncos got right down the field, called their timeouts, and set up Will Lutz for a 41-yard field goal. Problem was, Will Lutz missed it. Field goal no good. The Bills win the game. Hold on. Hold your horses. Penalty. Flag on the play. 12 men on the field for the defense. They move it five yards closer. Will Lutz, 36 yards away. Game-winning field goal. Here's the call. For the win, Lutz kicks it on the way, and it is good. The Broncos can celebrate because they have come to Buffalo and upset the Bills by a final score of 24 to 22. And there's a change in Buffalo this morning. Breaking news, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, 
The Bills fired offense coordinator Ken Dorsey. Per sources, Bills move on from their OC Ken Dorsey following the 24-22 loss to the Denver Broncos. And it makes sense. This is a Broncos defense that gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. And now, for three straight games, this Buffalo team has failed to score more than 24 points. Uh, they're, they're not that good offensively this year. And I think the issue is Josh Allen making too many mistakes. It feels like he plays like every play the game's on the line. And, and you know the old saying is, hey, throw it away and live to fight another down. He didn't do that. His two interceptions were costly as he had a terrible quarterback rating of 27.1, 15 of 26, and under 200 yards passing, 177 on the game. They figured out the rushing attack. with. A, I thought that was going to be the issue for the Bills this year, right? James Cook, Latavius Murray not doing enough, but Cook had 109 yards. Latavius Murray provided 66, but it was Allen's two interceptions that cost the Buffalo Bills. Let's move over to the NBA here on the Sports app. And I begin in the NBA with this interesting statistic here. Most three-pointers made by NBA rookies so far this season. Number one, Jordan Hawkins. He was dominant out of UConn, won the national championship, and he's playing really well for the Pelicans. Marcus Sasser of Detroit, second place. Chet Holmgren, OKC third. Victor Wembanyama fourth. The Washington Wizards rookie Bilal Koulibaly in the top five with 14 three-pointers made this season. But the Wizards lost to the Raptors last night. 111 to 107, the rare game in which Washington doesn't give up 120 points, but still manages to lose. And it was really disappointing for Wiz fans last night as they blew a 19 point first half lead, a 23 point lead in the game. Kyle Kuzma, 34 points, three rebounds, six assists, but six turnovers. And that's been the story of the season offensively. Jordan Poole, lousy shooting, six of 16, 14 points. Also, four turnovers. Your two best players combined for 10 turnovers as Pascal Siakam's season-high 39 points helps the Raptors overcome a 23-point deficit. And he got it going in the third quarter, 22 points in the third, and this is the most embarrassing part of the loss, Stub. The Wizards led 107-95 with 5.47 to play in the fourth quarter. That was their final... Score, basically. They didn't score again the rest of the game. They didn't make another shot the rest of the game as Pascal Siakam helped the Raptors come back from 107-95. And here's Siakam with the bucket that helps the Raptors take the lead, 109-107. to 20 seconds to go in the game. 12 on the shot clock. Schroeder to Siakam on Koulibaly. Shot clock at 5. Siakam drive. Pull up. Jumper. Goal! Bucket! Toronto with the lead. And that was the call on TSN 1050 in Toronto. So Raptors win 111 to 107 as the Wizards were outscored in the final five minutes and 40 seconds to play by 16 points. 16 to nothing run wins the game for the Toronto Raptors. Coach Wes Unseld said after the game, we were able to get rim attempts. Can't really buy a better shot than that, but... It's just so frustrating. So the Wizards lost Sunday in Brooklyn where they gave up a late 15-0 run, and they lose this one to giving up a late 16-0 run as Washington has lost 
seven of their last eight games. The Boston Celtics got past the New York Knicks last night, 114 to 98, thanks to 35 points, six rebounds, seven assists from Jason Tatum. And here's Tatum with a bucket in the second half to give the Celtics an 81-57 advantage. Moves into the corner, Tatum. This could do it here. Tatum to the corner for three. Good night. Man, somebody get some grease out because they find doggone fish up in here. <laughs> Can't beat the Celtics at home this year. They're 8-2 and two and 5-0 and oh at home thanks to the sharpshooting of Jason Tatum. Milwaukee in a hard-fought battle with the Chicago Bulls. Giannis, fresh off of his career high the other night, has 35 points and 11 rebounds, including this big bucket to give the Bucks a 112-99 lead. Here's the call on WTMJ in Milwaukee. Giannis goes the other way after Levine knocks down the free throw. He's at the top of the arc now. Going to pull up just from that spot you were talking about, and he makes you look good. Bounces it over the front iron and gets it to drop. Mid-range jumper from Giannis, and now he is sitting at 29 points. Milwaukee almost unbeatable at home also. 5-1 and one on the season at home, 6-4 and four on the year. Good game in the NBA tonight between a couple of seven-footers. Victor Wembanyama, 7'4", Chet Holmgren, Seven foot one, he said to the media earlier this week. I don't look up literally to many people, but Victor, that's one of them. As the two seven footers will actually face off in the NBA in season tournament tonight, it's going to be a good battle between the Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm looking forward to watching these two guys go against each other because I have placed a bet on Chet Holmgren rather than. Victor Wembenyama to win NBA Rookie of the Year. But we move over to the NHL here on the Sports app. And every day on the Sports app, we're tracking Alex Ovechkin, the great eight as he hunts history, trying to track down the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Game tonight for the Washington Capitals against the Vegas Golden Knights, the team they defeated five years ago to win the Stanley Cup. And Washington is on a two-game win streak, and Alex Ovechkin had two goals in the game over the weekend. Here's the call on one of them. Final 10 ticks of this New Jersey-New York trip. Ovechkin hiding behind the D. Alex to the open goal. Bullseye. Well, it took him a while, but... So five shots on the game over the weekend. Two goals. Caps win 4-1 to one game tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights as Alex Ovechkin has 826 career goals, chasing Wayne Gretzky's 894 and needs 68 goals to tie 69 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Last thing to mention here on the sports app, we spoke with Coach Kimbrough of Hampton, Sydney last week. Well, he was just named National Coach of the Week by Hoop Dirt as the Tigers of Hampton, Sydney will play Randolph-Macon on December 8th. That game is coming fast and will sell out. 
Uh, I want to stress again that home games at Hampton Sydney are free and one of the best sports values in the Commonwealth. You can bring your friends, you can bring your kids. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to get out to a Hampton Sydney game this season. You're listening to the Sports app here on the fan. Don't go anywhere, don't change that dial. We'll catch up with MP on Crosstalk coming up next. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. We'll talk a little commanders with my buddy Kyle Roenick from the Burgundy Zone podcast at 1230. We'll run around local sports in Richmond, Virginia. Some high school football playoffs with Lane Casadante at 130. And then Sergeant Rick Snyder in the AWOD Army will give his take on the commanders at 2 p.m. And Wanted to talk a little Commanders right now with Michael Phillips. What's going on, MP? Love my guy Rick Snyder. Give him two minutes. Absolutely. Got to give him two minutes Gotta on YouTube and on Twitter. Before you get to Commanders, <laughs> yeah, I- I'm making an effort. I'm not an NBA guy. I'm making an effort, though. I love watching the NBA now. I watched the Wizards last night. Yeah. It wasn't um, fun. I talked about it in the sports app. I don't it, think I'm going to make a habit of that. No, because this was the rare game where they didn't give, uh, they didn't give up 120 points. They still lost. They didn't score in the final five minutes. That's pretty hard to do in the NBA. Yeah, against the Raptors. That's pretty hard to do. Pascal Siakam. Like, he's not a household name. No. But he scored 33 against the Wizards. It's, uh, it's, it's not good. Yeah. It's not good. It's not. All right, let's hear that sounder stub. Let me do a little cross talk. You just have your attention. It's cross talk with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on the fan. It's like that 190s movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not crosstalk, but it sounds like crosstalk. It's crosstalk on the fan. Oh, face off with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is crosstalk. Michael, were you watching the Commanders game or were you at the game? Uh, I was watching the game. Okay, were you, the, the, and the Seahawks game. Did yeah. you see? I think one of the first commercial breaks. They had a commercial promoting the Santa Clauses, and they said, it's like that 90s movie, Face Off. <laughs> I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> they spre- stole our bit. <laughs> it spreads. It's everywhere. Yes. All right, so let's get into the Commanders game against the Seahawks. I mean, what's the biggest issue with the defense? Because a lot of people are complaining about the pressure from the defensive line. I'm complaining about the secondary. I'm complaining, just period. Yeah. By the way, there are three parts to a defense. You mentioned two of them. The third is terrible, too. Right. The, the linebackers. I mean, David Mayo ends up in coverage. It's bad. Do you know I'm okay with David Mayo playing, though? Why? Because whatever's next is going to be worse. It, it, see, that's the thing. Is, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. But, uh, like, we were hyping up Khalid Hudson in the offseason. People were yelling about Cody Barton. Like, get Cody Barton out of there. Well, he's out of there. Enjoy. Yeah. Have I know. fun watching. I know. It makes <laughs> you think that maybe Cody Barton wasn't terrible. I Cody Barton was at the very minimum not the problem. Yeah, uh, I don't know that Cody Barton was the solution, but Cody Barton was not the problem. So uh, why is David Mayo wearing the green dot and being the Mike on the field, Mike linebacker, and not Jamin Davis? Look, Jamin can't handle it. I mean, we is they, that just it? They did. He this. doesn't have the NFL IQ to handle it. I, I, it at some point, he's tried. He did the whole rookie year. Yeah, that didn't go well. They did it sporadically the second year. Yeah, and, and I did, thought he did pretty good with that position. I thought he did better without the green dot. Than oh, okay. The green dot. I just don't think he's ever going to be a green dot guy. Like, mm-hmm. and that goes back to how many times have we said this? Ron Rivera, the GM, outsmarted everybody. Got it. You know, reached for his guy and got his guy. Was he a first round draft pick too? Yeah. Oh, Re- remember so that's three. I think you could argue that's three first rounders in a row he's botched because 
I love Jahan Dotson, but he <laughs> cannot catch the ball right now. It's a big issue. And people are like, I'm reading one too many. I'm not going to throw people under the bus here, but I'm reading one too many stories of like, Jahan Dotson has fixed his problem and he's surging. Like, <laughs> watch the game. He's not. No. Uh, he like Critical as, situations, he's, he's not making the catch. He's not making the catches he needs to make. And like, I, I will allow someone who's like, ah, Sam Howell could have thrown a slightly better ball. You're an NFL receiver and a first-round pick. Like, there are a zillion great receivers right now in the game. Right. Well, that's the issue is that I, I would probably look back at that draft class and drive myself crazy looking at the other wide receivers. We're doing that with Forbes right now. He's watching the Steelers, Joey Porter. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he makes— well, I mean, look look at Witherspoon for the Seahawks. Now, uh, I get it. He was like a top-five pick, but yeah. he's unbelievable. It's tough. He was, he single-handedly like helped Seattle win that game with jumping a few routes. And then, and then so you mentioned the secondary, which I agree with you, the secondary is a problem. St. Juice is not a first. Oh. He, he, Don't get me started about St. Juice. Here's <laughs> in in very tepid defense of St. Juice. He's not a number one. No, he, he's never supposed to be a number one. He's not a number one. They've got him out there on Metcalf, on Brown, and all these guys. He's going to lose every time. That's yeah. it. I think he could be a serviceable number two or slot guy for a, for a team. Like, yeah. I think if you well, that's him what right I argued. Matchup, you yeah. know, it was they they don't know what they're doing with him. They put him on the inside, then they moved him to the outside. Then they literally told him yeah. all off season, "Hey, work on the outside." Then come training camp, they put him back in the inside. You had me if they don't know what they're doing. No, they I, don't. I, and what, <laughs> what's so frustrating about St. Juice is he celebrates when and then he gets flagged, and he's got Forbes doing that now too. I hyped up his LASIK eye surgery this offseason, that he was going to be able to see the ball better. Now, I want to know who operated on Benjamin St. Juice, because they messed up his eyes. I, I got the biggest kick out of, uh, was it Metcalf that hit him with the St. Juice? Yeah, he, the hit him with, juice. He, get him with, he hit him with the St. Juice. <laughs> yeah. That, like, that's a, there's tape study, and there's tape study. Like He was so deep in the tape, he was ready to hit him with the St. Juice yeah. right after. It, you, Forbes Forbes hit the St. Juice and then got ejected from the game. Uh, bad day for the bad day for the St. Juice. Yeah, no, totally. Are you counting Washington out for the playoffs or not? No, no, not at all. It's, yeah. it's it's the NFC. Anybody could make it. Here's, I I use the term sparingly. I use the term less than most. I try not to break it out except a couple times a year. Sunday, New York Giants must win. Absolutely. Yeah. Win. <laughs> Absolute must I mean, win. Stubb, if Stubb's been counting my must wins, I'm probably on like seven or eight you, right you, now. <laughs> you hit a lot of must wins. Yeah, the, 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 the siren goes off a lot. Um, now, I didn't say Seattle was a must win, but New York must win. There's, it is. <laughs> you, well, Seattle wasn't because it was a good team on the road. Yeah. Now, how they lost was just annoying and aggravating. Uh, like right. the offense gave you enough. You, this defense in year four with the number of draft picks and resources they've committed to it needed to be better. But I, I did use it in week one against Arizona. I said it was important to set the tone for the new regime to, uh, you know, lots of fans were coming back for the first time. Arizona's bad. You needed to give them something to cheer about. And they did. Uh, I am prepared to bust it out again this week. Home game to to get to five and six against a dreadfully bad team that you have made them look like the seventy two Dolphins every time you play them. So I'm not giving up on the Commanders either to get into the playoffs, and yeah. it looks a lot better the playoff picture if they win Sunday against the Giants. But they're trailing not the Atlanta Falcons who they have the tie tiebreak over. It's the Seattle Seahawks who now you lost to the Dallas Cowboys who. Poof, uh, I'm worried about that game on Thanksgiving. Sure. And the Minnesota Vikings. So let's look at the Vikings schedule real quick here. How many more wins do you think they get? They have six right now, but they're playing with Josh Dobbs for the rest of the season. This Sunday night, they're in Denver. That's fascinating. It's a fascinating. Like that's actually a good 
like just cancel the loser game. Yeah. Um, I haven't canceled either though, so I'm making a mental note of that. You got to win that game against comparable competition to stay in the race. I'm going to say they lose that game. Okay. Then they're home against the Bears. Give them a ding. That, give them a win. That, that's a dub. Right? That's, that's a seven dub. wins. Then they're board. at the Vegas Raiders. They get win. to eight. That's a win. Then the at the Cincinnati Bengals. They stay at eight. They're not winning that game I, I because the Bengals are going to need to win that game. Sure. Um, then they're against the Detroit Lions. Think that's nope. a loss. That's a loss. Green Bay. That's probably a win. That's um, win number nine at Green Bay. Uh, home against Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Put it on the board then. And then at Detroit to finish the season. So and they're, they're sitting on nine. They're sitting on nine. And, and the Lions might be might, good. They, the Lions might be sitting people yeah. that week. So we'll give them 10 wins. Yeah. So we'll give them 10 wins. So how does Washington get to 10 wins, Michael? All right. So you got to beat the Cowboys once out of the two, right? You've yeah. got them on things. you got two more against the Cowboys. When we start with beating the Giants, that gets us to five. Yeah. Um, one against the Cowboys gets us to six. Your take care of business games are the Rams and Jets. Yep. You're so going that's to have eight. To, you're going to have to beat the Rams and Jets. That gets you to eight. That means you have to steal one against either the Niners or the Dolphins. Oh my goodness. The season's over. That's not happening. It's. Uh, are you kidding me? I think you're underselling the Vikings. We, we I might think they be. could easily like, get 11 or 12. Yeah, I mean, Josh Dobbs is playing well, and the defense is is good. But we'll steal one against the Niners. Sure, who's their coach? Does He, he probably won't care too much that day. <laughs> that, that He won't come fired up you know, or anything. Now that I'm looking at this schedule, that's why when the schedule came out, we all talked about they've got to start fast because it's a nightmare at the end of the season. I mean, the Jets might have Aaron Rodgers back. I would love that. Little, yeah, little Christmas in New York with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I would, that would actually that would that would make my that would make that game so much. And more you know watchable. what? We'd get no pressure on him because we don't have any edge rushers anymore. I mean, <laughs> let, let, let's let's break down four of them here, right? The Bears. That was a terrible loss. We can all agree on that. The Giants in New York. That was a terrible loss. We can all agree on that. The Seahawks this past week could have won. Yeah, and the Eagles game in Philly that you could have won. You yeah. got you got four there, and it, at some point, it's not a coincidence anymore. Like. All games are tight. It's the NFL. You've got to you've got to come through. Look at the Chiefs. Look at the Eagles. Look at how they do in one score games. Then look at look at the Bills. Seven and seven in one score games yeah. now. Like that separates the great teams from the good. No, the teams. Commanders are UVA football in one score games this season. Uh, so they're zero th- three I, in the I conference. That, I think that's disrespectful. Or- to Tony Elliott's clock management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It, it, all right, so they're zero three in the division. So basically, they need to finish three and three in the division to make the playoffs. This, this is looking less likely by the second as we break it down because I. I think the Dolphins game is an, like they've got the long rest. That's a 10 day rest going into the Dolphins game. Do you think this secondary is going to stop those receivers? The only thing that can stop the Miami Dolphins receivers is the FedEx field turf. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You just start the campaign. Now, Mike McDaniel, you're a smart guy. I respect you. Shut him down. You can't risk him on the FedEx field turf. You got too much to play for. Just get, sit that game out. Phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Are you thinking that the season's over for the Commanders? Or are you giving them a shot to make a late playoff push? Let's go to Lou in D.C. Always appreciate Woo-hoo. you calling in. What's going on, Lou? What's up, A-Wad, man? Are we, are we um, pissing you off here by talking about the Commanders having a possibility of getting in the playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> hey, man, you keep having these hopes, man. I, I'm trying to crush them every week, man. But, uh, nah, man, if they didn't... If, if, if they like, if they really want to make the playoffs, I mean, this past Sunday was the game for them to. I mean, you got to find a way to win that game because they from now on. I mean, I know they got the Giants, but after that, the schedule is not it's not going to be looking looking like you know uh, you you're going to be playing the Giants over and over again the next 
seven to eight games. So I don't think I don't think that's possible. And on top of that, man, they they know how to lose to a bad team. So <laughs> this is a bad coaching staff, and, and you can't stop. I mean, you know, Michael Phillips. He was, he was just telling you the only way you can stop the Miami is a uh, the, the the turf and FedEx. So. Yeah. I mean, I just you know, I just don't buy in anything what Ron and uh, and this defensive coordinators are, are selling. It's just you know the same old you know vanilla defense week after week. I mean, you know when you're supposed to send the pressure, you know when you when you have a team when you know hey, what? Let me take you back to the Sunday game. I'm I'm sorry, I, I might take no. Go ahead, go ahead. So the Sunday game, right? When the team the, like the part like no, the home team was booing their own quarterback. So that means. You had the crowd, you know, going against the home team. So in, in that situation, you're supposed to turn up the blitz as a head coach or defensive coordinator. You're supposed to turn up. I mean, get, you know, just just get – I mean, I, it just bothered me when I watched JDR, what he's doing out there, especially on – I don't – I mean, it's just – it's 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 it's, it's just it's something you can't explain, man. We talk about it week after week, send blitz. Disguise blitz. Do these, do these, do this, do that, man. Hey, what, man? I'm just out of word, man. I'm with Listen you. Off, no, it's man. a great, it's a great point too, because because Gino was struggling. He was missing open receivers, and then you let him dump right. it off to the running back for 64 yards. It's frustrating. Lou, we got to run, man. I appreciate you calling in. You got it, man. Appreciate yep. you, Awad. Yep, you're listening to Awad Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Every game can be heard on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I do the pregame show, and we've extended the pregame shows to 45 minutes this season before I hand it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. And the Rams are hosting Radford from the Seagull Center on Wednesday. But joining us right now to continue our commander's conversation, it's the pod father, Kyle Roenick from the Burgundy Zone podcast. What's going on, Kyle? Adam, what's going on, brother? Happy Tuesday it is. Unfortunately, it's a kind of a sorrow one, but you know, we'll try to make the best out of it. Yeah, so we were just having a conversation about are you counting the commanders out for the playoffs or not? And we've kind of decided here at the 910 The Fan Studios that they need to get to 10 wins, which I believe means they have to beat the Giants and the Cowboys twice to do that. I'm not counting them out, no. And the reason for that is specifically because of Sam Howell. When you have a young gunslinger who is hot, you could say to an extent, you, you, you don't know what your extent is on the season. You don't know how far you really can go. And truly, the funny thing about this for many years, we've been wondering, can we get actual like average quarterback play? If we're able to do that, this is a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we get the good quarterback play, the defense falls off a cliff. I know. And so if it's the, Murphy's if Law defense, of Washington, Kyle. I invented that. Anytime something can go wrong, it will go wrong. We finally found our quarterback, and now we have a bottom five defense. Dude, you're absolutely We were talking about this last night. Look, what did we do to deserve this, Adam? I would love <laughs> to know that answer. You know what I mean? But honestly, it, it comes down to the defense because right now, statistically, they're bottom of the league in a lot of categories, like points per game, they're 31st, in passing yards, they're 29th, third down conversion percentage, or 16th, and third down conversion percentage is what they were number one in last year. Yeah. They have taken a gigantic step back. And so for this to be a playoff team, we really need to see the defense complement the offense, and we need to see the consistency of the offense continue to trend in the right direction. 
It's Kyle Roenick with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Uh, one of the bright spots in the loss was Brian Robinson Jr. And so my question for you is, how do you call more plays that play to his strengths? Uh, go outside the box, I guess. Just have him run some more wheel routes. And it was beautiful to see Sam Howell throw that ball over to him in the sideline. Made a comment last night. It was almost like a point guard finding the shooting guard at the baseline as he's going in for the dunk and just giving it to him. And the defense has no idea what that it's coming. And one of those beautiful plays. And I think that the comfortability of Sam, you're starting to kind of see that with that Brian Robinson. And you saw multiple times where he's using his legs to extend the play, but understanding that it's not chaos down the field. There are still openings there, and you're seeing the maturation of Sam in real time. But that being said, Brian Robinson still averaged 4.8 on the ground. He had six receptions, 119 yards, and a touchdown on six targets. So he caught all the passes thrown to him, and one that was a one-handed grab yeah. that he had to get behind the line of scrimmage and still got positive yardage. Uh, Brian Robinson, I think, is just a younger version of Derrick Henry without a lot of mileage <laughs> on his tank, and he's one resilient, young, strong kid. He's physical. I was saying it last night. I could hear the train chewing all the way from Washington here in Gaithersburg when Brian Robinson is running down the field because nobody wants to get in front of that train when he's at full steam. Yeah, I want him to get more carries where he's running on the outside um, and then use Gibson in between the tackles uh, if I was the offensive coordinator. What's your thoughts on Jahan Dotson? Two targets, no catches. I mean, Han Solo Dotson just disappeared uh, once again for the Commanders. Yeah, it's unfortunate because whenever it, it – if Jahan doesn't get off to a fast start, it seems like the, he gets into these kind of lulls. And we've interviewed Anthony Armstrong before, a former Redskins wide receiver that uh, still covers the team somewhat. And he talks about how it's, it's hard for wide receivers – to get into motivated, like to be able to get in that attacking style when you haven't been targeting because you don't know when it's coming. And that's the unfortunate part with Jahan. When, he, when he's not targeted early, when you're not seeing a lot of those targets, he kind of uh, goes into the shell almost, and then you see the drops come out. So with Jahan, I haven't lost confidence in Jahan. It's just when his number is going to be called, Adam, you know he's going to respond. So if they are going to give him a lot of targets, you know that he's going to produce in some breath. It just seems like when he gets into these lulls, it's hard, it's hard for him to get him out. But I yeah. have full confidence in the kid. The kid's a baller, Adam. Yeah, I just I, I don't know what the issue is with his hands right now. I mean, I get it. There were a few passes that might have been slightly behind him, but if it hits your hands, you need to make the catch. And the most frustrating thing about Jahan Dotson is not even about Jahan Dotson. It's about the other wide receivers that were drafted uh, the year that he was drafted. And look, this is a first-round pick. And you look at how many great wide receivers there are in the NFL right now, and it feels like the Washington Commanders missed an opportunity with their first-round draft pick the last three years. I mean, look at the last three picks, right? Jamin Davis, Jahan Dotson, Emmanuel Forbes. That's the issue right now. We don't have first-rounders making plays. Uh, I would argue that the reason why Sam Howell in this offense looks as good as it does and is you would feel confident in Sam Howell is because of the weapons at his disposal. You know what you have in Jahan. You know that he's going to ball out when you give him those opportunities. And the offense, the weapons that we have, they're very good ones. It's just the funny thing about this offense is they go to whatever is working. And unfortunately, it just happened to be the running backs. Like You couldn't have said to me last week that Brian Robinson was going to uh, out-receive yards in Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson this game. I would have called you crazy, Adam. But that's just the way it works. And they had seven different receivers that they were throwing to. It was a very good job by this offense and being able to spread the football out. And that has been a consistent basis all year long. You just hope that Jahan, in those crucial moments, when we need him to, if he's not started fast, to still be able to come through for us, Adam. Because one of the two 
positive traits he had coming out of college was his hands and his route running. Yep. And unfortunately, those hands have lost a little bit. And it's just so frustrating that this team scores a full touchdown more than they averaged last season again in a loss. 18.9 points per game last year, lose 26-29 to to the Seahawks because the defense has taken so many steps back. You know, Doc Walker said it perfectly on the postgame uh, show on Sunday. He said, if David Mayo is playing this many snaps, you've already lost. You lost in the offseason. <laughs> That's funny by Doc. <laughs> and I, I was saying this last night. Look, I, there's a lot of linebackers in this league that get chewed up. Logan Pulse has talked about this many times. What the offense is doing nowadays, they target the middle of the field, they attack those linebackers, and so you have to be able to have speed. And we saw Logan Thomas do that versus Bobby Wagner on the one drag route going across the field. It happens. But with David Mayo, I guess it's the run stuffing, and you saw him have one good run stuffing play. But that being said, the linebackers are still being chewed up. Right now they're 21st in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. Not something that is common with this football team, and I think a lot of it has to do with the play of the linebackers because Cam Curl can't come in and save the day all the time. They have to be able to come in and produce. And, look, David Mayo is who he is. I'm not going to fault him for them. I'm not going to fault Jamin. They are who they are. But somebody needs to step up and make a play, and nobody did that on that final drive, unlike in New England. One thing that's positive can be the the play of Sam Howell. And uh, Grant Paulson just tweeted this out, that he ranks first in passing yards under pressure this season. He's got 325 more passing yards under pressure than anybody else. And, you know, the sacks were an issue earlier this season, but he's figured it out and he's played really good against the Blitz. Yes, he has. He's done exactly what you what I wanted him to do before the season. I talked about it saying, you know, Tom Brady, these other guys, Drew Brees, Alex Smith, the reason why they were successful is because they understood what the defense was trying to do to them. And when you would see a blitz come from a DB, they would immediately dump that ball off to the outlet to that side just to make life easier on you to allow your athlete to be out in space. You, you're seeing that with Sam. He's reading the defense. They send that blitzer. He's dumping it right off. And those veteran-type plays, honestly, Adam, is not what I was expecting in his first season. I was expecting him to come out there and throw the football around, be able to take a couple sacks here and there. Obviously, the sacks were alarming. But that being said, the way that he has progressed now and where he's using the short yardage game, but teams still have to respect the deep ball, Adam, it's amazing to see this in real time because now defenses are going to be forced to go deeper. And now if you want to run the ball with Brian Robinson a little bit more, you have a little bit more cushion to do that with. Something that was foreign to us the past two to three seasons, to your credit, because defenses were not respecting the deep ball, but because Sam Howell is able to utilize the short yardage of the field and hit deep, it's going to really cause issues for these defenses moving forward. And I'm not kidding, man. I know that we're 4-6, and six, but I, I think this is a dangerous football team, Adam, heading down the stretch. It's all based on if the defense can, can pick themselves up. I will say I have a lot of confidence in the offense. It's the pod father, Kyle Roenick, with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media at the Burgundy Zone. All right, Kyle, here's what I need to happen on Sunday. All right. I need the commanders to have such a big lead in the third quarter that they rest Sam Howell and let him prepare for Thanksgiving. Is that possible, or is this going to be another you know, final play of the game game against the Giants? Man, I hope not, Adam. I really hope not, especially going against Tommy DeVito uh, and everything that goes along with him. I really, I really don't. I, I don't think so. I think this team is a lot better than what we give credit for. That being said, if you were going into that Giants game the first time, you would have thought that we were going to win that game. I know I did, but we didn't come out playing like that. I think the Giants game last time, and I think the Bears game 
is really change this football team, and you're really starting to see them play with a lot of effort. If they come in and play with a lot of effort and attacking style and a physical game, and they want to outwill the Giants, I think they can easily do what you want to do and be able to bench out by the third quarter because Lord knows that should be happening. The Cowboys are not that good, if you know what I mean. Kyle, great stuff, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Left hand up. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Rick Snyder, Sergeant Snyder in the AWOD Army, will join the show at 2 p.m. We'll ask Rick how he feels about the Commanders making a late-season run to get into the playoffs. We'll run around local sports in Richmond, Virginia, with Lane Casadante at 1.30. And like I mentioned, there's a good NBA game tonight, the in-season tournament, a battle of two seven-footers, Chet Holmgren against Victor Wembanyama, OKC against the Spurs. We'll go on the fast break with AWOD and Justin Fensterman at 115. But Monday Night Football last night, and, you know, Stubb, you said it. It felt like the Bills lost that game more than the Broncos won it. Absolutely. The the turnovers, the, the fumbles, the entire last drive. I mean, not only was there that 12 men on the field, which is the worst thing you could have done, but there was the pass interference right before it that was... One of the most obvious pass interferences I've ever seen. Yeah, and and Buffalo's just not a good team right now. They're 5-5 five and five on the year, and it seems like the biggest issue for them is the offense. And I think it comes down to their quarterback, Josh Allen. He's not playing like an elite quarterback. He's it, playing like a guy that every snap he wants to go deep, you know? Yeah, and I was surprised that it was the offensive coordinator that was fired because it really, to me, looked like it was just Josh Allen that was kind of making these mistakes, or maybe the offensive coordinator was the guy that sent the 12th man out there, and they said that was the final straw, but... Yeah, I know. Did you see the moment in the game, though, where they were like, uh, what's his name? Tamar Hamlin was on the field for the first time since he was carted off the field last year. So that was kind of a cool moment for Buffalo, Um, and then obviously, after that, the Denver Broncos go on and win the game, and Yeah, I don't know what it is with Josh because he's not on the same page with Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs' brother tweeted after the game that his he thinks Stephon has to get out of Buffalo and um, find another place to play. I mean, it's just look, we talked about it last year. Their window of opportunity to win a Super Bowl was last year when they had a home playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals. They're supposed to be good in the snow. They were lousy in the snow. They lost at home. The whole team kind of fought with each other in the locker room. Stephon Diggs got into a huge argument, thought he was going to get traded in the offseason, and everyone said, oh, no, calm down. Buffalo's still got a good defense. They made a few changes. They changed their defensive coordinator. Uh, They've got a good offense. They draft James Cook. They'll be fine. Don't worry about the Bills. Well, you can't lose to the Denver Broncos. You just can't lose that And their defense did look good. I mean, the Broncos started like five drives yeah. on, on their on on the Bills' side and just couldn't make it there. But I, I tweeted this: it, the Bills might as well have gotten on their hands and knees and begged the Broncos to win that game, and they did. And um, you look at the Bills' schedule; they actually might be in trouble to make the playoffs. This is a team that everyone picked as a Super Bowl contender. Well, now they're five hundred with a game against the Jets this weekend. That is not an easy win. Then they're at Philly. That's a loss. At the Chiefs. I think that's a loss. Then home against the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's a loss. At Chargers, Patriots, and then at Dolphins. 
I think you're looking at another five losses here on the schedule. They could, put, like, aside from the Patriots, they might not lo- win another game. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. seriously, they don't have any, like, oh, yeah, that's a sure victory left on their schedule. And they're now two games back of the Miami Dolphins. They're in trouble in their division. They're really uh, only going to make the playoffs if they get a wild card spot. And it looks right now like the wild card is going to go to the entire AFC North because the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens, those teams are playing much better right now. Even though the Bengals lost, they still looked good against the Texans. And I wanted to bring up from the game, did you notice the the roughing, uh, I mean, the unnecessary roughness call? Yeah. I don't remember which team it was, but it looked a lot worse than the one Washington did. Oh, yeah. And, and I didn't see an ejection. I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah, he no. like dived head first in that guy's head. Yeah, like what? What? What is it the basis for It just seems like the, the NFL doesn't know, right? And New York doesn't know. They just make calls on you know on the fly, whatever one person's opinion is. It's terrible, and yeah, I mean, roughing the passer in the NFL, it's never been as bad as it is right now. Uh, if you look at the playoff picture, though, in the AFC right now, it would be the Houston Texans sliding into that seven spot, and they do have the tiebreaker over the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, your sixth team right now is the Cleveland Browns, five, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, of course, your top four are Kansas City, Baltimore, Jacksonville, and the Miami Dolphins. I would say Colts, Bengals, Bills, Vegas Raiders still in the hunt, and I like the Raiders right now more than the Buffalo Bills. This is a two-game win streak for the Raiders here, and although they have a lousy quarterback with Aiden O'Connell, their defense is playing incredible and they've got a, a new head coach, Antonio Pierce, who's getting the guys fired up and ready to play. Uh, did you watch that game? I think it was Sunday night. Jets against I the not. Raiders. I that one. Max Crosby was just single-handedly getting after Zach Wilson and, and making him run for his life. Max Crosby is such a beast. He is so much fun uh, to watch Have in I told the you NFL. My my soon-to-be brother-in-law's name, Zach Wilson. No, it throws me off every time I yeah, hear. Yeah, <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's a funny thing. Um, you know what the Thursday night game is this weekend? It's yeah, actually a thriller. That's Ravens. Ravens-Bengals. Yeah. Bengals absolutely need this win, or they're going to be in the same category as the Bills. If they lose, they're back to 500-5-5 five five as well after the loss to the Texans. Ravens have a chance to basically wrap up the division. They could get a three-game lead uh, on the Bengals and a two-game lead on the Steelers and Browns if they can win. Steelers-Browns actually also face off against each other this Sunday. That's the only issue with all four teams in the AFC South or AFC North making the playoffs. It's never been done in the NFL, and part of the reason is because you, these teams are going to beat each other up at right, the end of the yeah. season when they face off against each other. Like Steelers and Browns are six, both 6-3 six and three and both in the playoffs, but one of them is going to have to lose this Sunday. Right, and I, I take the Ravens to win this. I, I I know they're both coming off of a close. What they both lost by like one yeah. or two points. Yeah. And I I think the Ravens have been a better team this season. And the Ravens are at home. Uh, but I will say the Bengals have done a really good job in the past. Anytime they play against the Ravens, like that is that is the team that they usually show up and, and can win. Uh, but Ravens did beat the Bengals earlier this season, 27-24. But you know it's going to be close when these two teams face off against each other. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We're going to get back into the Washington Commanders at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander. The question of the day has been, do you still believe the Commanders can fight for a playoff spot? 
The reason I say yes is because of that extra wild card spot. They have no chance to be the sixth seed. That's probably going to be the Dallas Cowboys or the Seattle Seahawks uh, with both teams at six and three right now. But I think they could slide into that seven spot if the Falcons or the Vikings slip up towards the end of the season. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on The Fan and available on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free and just search 910 The Fan to hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. The Richmond Commander coming up next.